It's March 8th, 2023, and we're going to be making and breaking down 10 bold predictions for your 2023 Twins. Starting now on Locked On Twins, your team every day. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello again. You are listening to Locked On Twins, part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, your new host for show number two, Brandon Warren, and you can find me on Twitter, as you see at the bottom of your screen if you're watching on YouTube, at Brandon underscore Warren. Today, again, we're going to be bringing you 10 bold predictions. We'll chop them up a little bit, but uh, I have five on the offensive side I have five on the pitching side. But before we get into all that, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So again, this episode brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash Locked On today will get you started. So let's let's talk about these 10 bold predictions. And... um. Again, actually, you know what? First, I want to say thank you so much for the uh, the great reception in that first episode back on Locked On Twins. Obviously, Nash's shoes are going to be big to fill, and hopefully, I can get to that point here at some point on this program. But um, you know, again, you've all humbled me and made me feel very good about that first episode. And I don't know, maybe we can get up to eight hundred and fifty six, like Nash did. Okay, now now we can get into these 10 bold predictions and we'll do, we'll do a spice level to them. I think we'll go like a one to five star rating for how spicy these are. And let's, let's just start on the offensive side. I I said, I had five on offense and five pitching. Um, Some of these are off the wall and some of these may seem obvious to some of you who sort of view the game through a similar lens to to how I do. So uh, with that in mind, And without further ado, here's the list. So starting off offensively, I think there's a fairly good chance that Jose Miranda could be the best hitter on this team. Uh, As far as a spice of take, to me, that's three and a half stars. Let's let's say three stars out of five, because obviously Byron Buxton and Carlos Correa are the the two most well-known and best expected to be best hitters on this offense. But when I look around too, I think Jose Miranda really picking it up after that phantom demotion to St. Paul that, that never actually happened. He just, he looked like a different player. And I think he's going to get a lot of at bats in the middle of this lineup, probably higher than most people would be expecting him to hit. You know, we'll see how it goes defensively at third, but offensively I'm, I'm feeling like he's going to mash. So to me, this is this is three stars on the five-star boldness scale or spice scale, if it if it if you will, I guess. Uh, so yeah, Jose Miranda, I think, will be the best hitter on this Twins team. Now, if we revisit these in October, let's say it's by something like OPS plus, weighted runs created plus, where a 100 is average. I think coming out of this season, Jose Miranda should lead the Twins in one or the other of those metrics. Number two, and this one, 
I don't know that I can necessarily back up statistically, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say Joey Gallo picks up MVP votes this season. Now, keep in mind, uh, based on his skill set, this is the kind of guy who, if he can hit even 225 or 230, is going to be a four or five win player, depending on if you like Fangraphs War, Baseball Reference War. doesn't really matter. And so the loud skills with the idea that if any tweaks he's made in this last offseason offensively have helped him swing and miss less often, to me that just signifies that that the potential is still there for a, a slugger like him under the age of 30 to, to still improve at this point in his career. So the loud tools, the good arm, good defense. I, I just think if it brings it all together, and again, I, I'm not saying this one is likely, this is probably a five star on the spice meter, but I just like the, the opportunity that he's going to get in a more relaxed atmosphere. Obviously we all know that, that Minneapolis and the Twin Cities are not necessarily the hotbed for, um, you know, the pressure cooker for athletes. So I think you get Gallo in a spot where he feels comfortable. You hit him, you know, maybe uh, maybe lead off. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of excited for what kind of mayhem that would create. But, you know, you put him in a spot where he can succeed, doesn't have to, you know, be anyone he's not. I think Joey Gallo gets MVP votes. But again, five out of five on the spice meter. Number three, and this one people are not going to like. Byron Buxton leads the Twins in plate appearances at DH. And I said this in episode one here yesterday that it, to me, is not any sort of accident that the Twins traded for Michael A. Taylor. Gold glove defender defender and center, uh, decent bat, good speed. But the Twins are prepared, to me, to go into this season with Byron Buxton DHing on a fairly regular basis just because, first of all, Taylor is elite depth. Joey Gallo can play some center. I think Max Kepler still can in a pinch. I I just think that the writing is on the wall that they're going to do whatever they can to keep Byron Buxton healthy this season. And to me, that means a lot of DHing. And I know that a lot of people would be less than enthused with that. But again, if that means he plays 118, 120, 125 games, I think you have to take it if you're the twins. So Let's let's wrap up those first three before we hit a pause. Uh, Jose Miranda, the Twins' best hitter this season, three out of five stars um, on the spice scale. Uh, Joey Gallo getting MVP votes. That's a five out of five. And Byron Buxton leading the team in DH appearances. I'm going to give that a three and a half. So three and a half stars. Let's let's take a quick pause. We will come back and we'll look at the next three on the ten. Bold predictions for your 2023 Minnesota Twins. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. This, uh, sorry, make every moment more. Don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. Again, fanduel. Fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more. So, all right, we've, we've kind of established that I'm out and out bananas when it comes to offensive predictions, but so far we're running about an average of a four-star on the spice meter. Let's see if we can ramp that up. Number four on the list, I have Matt Walner playing more frequently this season in the big leagues than Alex Kirilov 
and Trevor Larnick. Again, we're going to give that one, I think, five stars on the spice scale. Um, let's, let's be honest. This is not probably an ideal situation, but the best ability you can have is availability. And that, to me, is what Matt Walner brought last year as compared to Alex Kirilov and Trevor Larnick. So I think that chance could still be there for him to get a little more playing time in the outfield. Who knows? He could DH. He could play first base. Again, hearkening back to Buxton, it'll depend on how much he DHs, what kind of spot they'll have. But to me, I'm taking Walner to be more of a guy on this team. He's kind of like a poor man's Joey Gallo or a Joey Gallo light. Maybe, obviously not. I don't think he's quite the... Um, he doesn't move around quite as well, but still he moves around pretty good for a, a guy his size. So I'm going to go with Matt Walner playing, um, getting more plate appearances or, or playing more than Trevor Larnick and Alex Kirloff this season. That's a five on a five out of five, excuse me, on the spice scale. Number five. So we'll split them right down the middle here. Uh, we are going to say Pablo Lopez becomes an ace, a full on ace, uh, for me, where this kind of comes down to is that he's added a sweeping breaking ball. I think the pieces have always kind of been there. There's good enough stuff. The changeup is phenomenal. Um, you know, I just I think he's ready to take that leap. This is this is not me necessarily trying to endorse Pete Mackey. This isn't me trying to, you know, do anything of the sort. I just think that Lopez is ready to take that step. And he's coming out of a, a Florida organization or a Miami organization to be more accurate that has been just phenomenal at developing pitchers recently. And again, too, we can go back to from, from yesterday's show. It, it still surprises me that this entire rotation, there isn't a single homegrown pitcher in it. I, again, that, that just blows my mind so much that I have to bring it up again. But um, again, yeah, I think Pablo Lopez is ready to take that jump. I think he's ready to be called an ace. Um you know, a big reason for that, too, is if if you look around, like pull up Fangraph's war for starting pitchers and sort, there are some names in that top 15, top 30 that would definitely surprise people. P- pitching's not as deep as we all remember it to be. The, these aren't the days of peak Verlander and Kershaw and Scherzer and, you know, um, all, all these other guys, Zach Granke, Madison Bumgarner, uh, another handful of guys who who all were were part of a huge, massive uh, group of starting pitching that came through the big leagues in that stretch. Uh, I just don't think that the top of the top right now is as um, crowded as people think, or as identifiable as people think, you know, that if you asked someone to guess the top 10 fan starting pitcher war last season, I, I suspect an average fan to a good fan could get about three. And I think a truly smart fan is anywhere from five to seven. It's just, there's that much variability. So I like Lopez's chances of um, taking that next step with the twins. Now it's just a matter of, does he pitch game one, game two, game three? Uh, that, that's going to be really interesting to, um, to see how that kind of pans out. Um, Pablo Lopez being an ace. I'm going to give that a good four stars too, because he's already been very good. He's just not, not reached that ace level. That's hard to do. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to nudge it up to a four just because the twins have not really had, that sort of ace in, in many years. And so hopefully Pablo can, uh, can take that step. Uh, number six here, we have Joe Ryan leading the twins in games started. So this one, I don't know how controversial this is. I'm going to give it a two and a half. It's going to be our lowest one to this point. Uh, when you look at Ryan, 
he, you know, for the most part has been healthy in his career outside of, I think he missed some time for COVID, which can't really hold against him. Um, it, it's not that bold to suggest that Joe Ryan leads the team in games started probably in general, but I just look at the rest of the rotation and they've all dealt with injuries semi-recently, whether you're talking about Sonny Gray dealing with some stuff, Pablo Lopez, you got Kent Maeda coming off a full year off. E- each of these guys carry some level of risk, um, obviously inherent to the game of baseball, but also just um, on their personal histories. So I think Joe Ryan sneaks in there and is, you know, hopefully two or three guys, two guys maybe start 30 games. They didn't have any last year. Um, you know, hopefully Joe Ryan can sneak in there with 32, 33 and be among the Bulldogs in uh, in the American League. But I think Joe Ryan leads this Twins team in uh, games started. Again, two and a half stars for that one. So, mm. but uh, let's run through these again, four, five, and six. Number four, Matt Walner plays more than Trevor Larnick and Alex Kirilov. Five stars on the spice scale. Number five, Pablo Lopez becomes an ace this season, which was four stars on the spice scale. And then finally, Joe Ryan leads the team in game started two and a half on the spice scale. Easy for me to say. Um, When we come back here, we'll, we'll round it out with the last four predictions and, you know, we'll we'll see where we get to some of these. Uh, I think number 10 specifically is going to be pretty spicy. I'm not really looking forward to to how people react to that, but um, you know, we'll see how it goes uh, in a moment here. All right, so we are through six. Then it was the last four. Um, I, you know what? Just got to bite the bullet and dive right in. I, I, I'm, I'm saying for number seven that Bailey Ober works mostly as a relief pitcher. I, I'm going to give that three stars on the spice scale. I'm not convinced necessarily that it's all that spicy of a take. But what we've seen from him is he's good in limited innings, which again is it's not necessarily a reliever thing because if he's pitching four innings a start, that's not really reliever and it's not really starter. It's kind of a hybrid of the two. But what we've seen from him in smaller spurts has been good. What we've seen from him this spring is that the velo is spiking. He's sitting 93 now after sitting like 91-ish, 92-ish last year and the year before. I don't know. Maybe you send him out to the bullpen and see what you can find. Obviously, big frame guy, big strong guy. If 93 is it, if that's where he's going to top out, then that probably shoots this whole proposition right in the foot. But um, I don't know. I think you could, I could see it where the Twins rotation stays mostly healthy and maybe Louis Varlin leapfrogs and gets into the rotation first based on days lining up, Simeon Woods Richardson. Who knows? But I think what will happen is that Bailey Ober will be too good to be sent to Triple uh, A, but not good enough to pitch in this rotation to start. So to me, I it's more of a just a, a matter of opportunity as opposed to the role he deserves. The Twins have five very solid, knock on wood, healthy, healthy, excuse me, starters. Um, Ober could still help this team in the bullpen. Is it over Trevor McGill who can be sent out? I, I don't know. Uh, Giovanni Moran, something like that. 
I could see it. I just, I think maybe we're sleeping a little bit on Bailey Ober making this team as a reliever. We'll see that one to me though, as uh, I, I said, three stars, I might even nudge it up to three and a half. We'll go three and a half stars. Bailey Ober making more relief appearances or spending most of his time as a reliever in 2023. Number eight. I don't know how you guys are going to feel about this one either. I have Juwan Duran finishing third on the team in saves. Now, let me let me explain. First of all, we've seen Rocco Baldelli kind of use his relievers as, you know, you have the fireman face the middle of the order, seventh inning, eighth inning, ninth inning, whatever it is. And, and you'll come to find listening to me over the course of this season that that's the approach I tend to, to gravitate to. If, if I'm going to have to get Jose Ramirez out in the seventh inning, I can't worry about the ninth inning until I get through the seventh inning. And so I need to take care of business on the front end and let what happens in the later innings happen. So to me, Duran will work some ninth innings just by general happenstance. He's going to be throwing, um, you know, big spots. Sometimes those will be the ninth. But I think Jorge Lopez gets that little more traditional closer role. And I don't think that's really to anyone's surprise. Um, he, he, I don't think at his peak, he's as good as Juan Duran. I think that's probably not that um, lofty of a thing to say or surprising thing to say. But I think Lopez is a very clear number two in this bullpen who will more often than not be the guy in the ninth inning, leaving, I think, a few more save opportunities, though, to Griffin Jacks as opposed to Duran. I think the the bullpen hierarchy, if they were to have Lopez as the the ninth inning guy or pitch more ninth innings. If he struggles, I don't think they go to Duran in the sense of a traditional closer. I think it's more like they, they kind of leapfrog jacks into that role and, and go from there. Or maybe Jorge Alcala, if he's healthy and proves to be back where he was a couple years ago. But I think Juan Duran is going to be third on the twins in saves. To me, that's about a four and a half because, you know, I've seen, I mean, part of it's fantasy baseball, and so it's it's just kind of projection. But I've seen a lot of people that seem to think it'd be almost a certainty that Duran would be top two on the team in saves, if not number one overall. And to me, I think he gets used in a – it's not really a hybrid relief role, but it is a role where it's, it's not going to be conducive to saves, at least not on a regular basis. Tons of holds, which are basically a, a distant cousin of saves, whatever, right? Um, so yeah, I think Duran is third in saves. I'm going to give that one a four and a half, four and a half stars on the spice scale. Um, this is another one, number nine uh, of the starters, not in the opening day rotation. So you're talking about Bailey Ober, Louis Varland, all those guys. I'm going to say Simeon Woods Richardson gets the most starts, leapfrogging Louis Varland, leapfrogging Ober, who if we are to stick to our bold predictions will be more of a reliever this year. Um, yeah, I think Simeon's Woods, Simeon Woods Richardson, excuse me, um, it kind of takes over the, the role of that guy who's kind of the medium-ish term replacement if, say, some guy goofs up an elbow, has a blister, and they need a, a couple spot uh, st- starts in a spot filled. Um, I think that guy is going to be Simeon Woods Richardson just based on you know the polish that he has. I think he's less likely to be shoehorned into any sort of relief role just because of his his standing in the organization, partially due to the fact that 
he came over in the Barrios trade, but also to just, I think he's, he's viewed as kind of their safest starting pitching prospect right now. Uh, so yeah, I think, you know, things happen. We, we all try to convince ourselves that the five they start with or the five they'll end with are the same five. And there's just, there's no chance of that happening. So to me, whatever that means, if it's Kent Maeda wearing down late, Chris Paddock coming back and kind of displacing someone else, whatever it is, we're talking about the five guys in the opening day rotation. After that, to me, Simeon's Wood Richardson is the, um, Woods Richardson is the the next option for regular starting duty. So not a not a spot start, but also maybe not like the first guy. Um, like they don't expect him to stay up for the rest of the year. But I think he does get the most starts, whether that's due to a medium to long term injury, whether that's due to just pitching his way onto the team, whatever it is. Simeon Woods Richardson is going to get the most starts among that group. Um, I'll grade that a three. That's that's probably fairly safe, but um, three stars on the spice scale. Oof. I don't know if I'm really prepared to share the last one with you guys. Um, now, might as well might as well rip off the band-aid though, right? Emilio Pagan lasts the entire season on the twins roster. I'm gonna take five stars on the spice scale for that one. Um he had to go and give up a grand slam in a spring training game. I mean, how much more here we go again can you be for an average fan than to see a guy who gave up big home runs all last season come into spring training and not miss a beat, not a hiccup, give up another one, right? So I think this will get some people a little hot under the collar. But for me, I keep saying for me, I don't know why that is, but um, when it comes to Pagan, I just, I see a guy who I still think the twins believe they can figure out and it's for better, for worse, for, for richer, for poorer, you, you name it. I think the twins are invested in Emilio Pagan, at least from the standpoint of him being on the roster. Uh, you know, he's not going to throw ninth innings against Cleveland up four two. That's just not going to happen. He might throw fifth innings when the starter gets, you know, skipped out of the game and they need, Length, um, you know, that's an opportunity for him. But Emilio Pagan, I think, lasts the whole season. I He's going to have to earn any even medium leverage innings that he gets. Uh, and, and honestly, I don't know if he can. But again, five stars on the spice scale. Emilio Pagan lasting the entire season on the active roster. Man, I uh, if you're throwing tomatoes at the screen, I get it. I know. I, I get it. But um, let's run over these just one more time before we let you go. Uh, Jose Miranda as the team's best hitter. So OPS plus, weighted runs created plus, whatever your measure, um, they do it better. Uh, Joey Gallo getting MVP votes. That's a five-star, by the way. I just believe in the skills. And I, I watched the games just like you did with the Yankees, Dodgers, Rangers before that. It it probably isn't there, and that's why this is five stars. But um you know, I think Joey Gallo has a really nice season for the Twins this year. He's motivated. Obviously, he's got another chance to get into free agency. He's not 30 yet. I, I'm in. I'll just say that. I'm in. Uh, Byron Buxton leading the team in plate appearances at DH was a three and a half. Uh, yeah, I just think the writing's on the wall. Michael Taylor's going to play quite a bit, and they still have some depth behind him in center with Gordon and Gallo and maybe Kepler. I think Byron Buxton DH is more than we're ready to admit. And um, 
you know, maybe he starts on that Paul Molitor path where hopefully he can stay healthy after 30, but has to really not play any more defense. We'll see. I'm not trying to say that's what's going to happen, but it'll be, it'll be curious to monitor. Uh, number four, Matt Walner playing more than Trevor Larnick and Alex Kirilov. That was a five because I think it goes against what people are expecting and, and probably what they want to see. Not, not because they don't want to see Matt Walner succeed, but because they're as invested as they are in Alex Kirilov and, and Trevor Larnick to this point. Um, number five, Pablo Lopez becomes an ace just between the fastball change up. And then the, the sweeper that he's added this off season, um, lots of good vibes coming out of spring training from Pablo Lopez, which is great because he's, he was traded for Luisa rise. Who's the King of vibes. So that's good to see. You don't, you want to have an even vibe to vibe transfer. Uh, <laughs> number six, Joe Ryan leading the twins in games started. I just think he'll be the healthiest one and he's ready to take that step. Number seven, Bailey Ober working mostly in relief. I just think the velocity spike and the lack of a rotation spot are going to be huge for him because he's a big league pitcher. There's no denying it. So they may as well get him a shot now rather than having him on the up-down list from St. Paul. Uh, number eight, Joan Duran is third on the team in saves, which I don't know. That might get some people going. That's four and a half stars. I just think he's going to pitch a lot of different innings. Some of them will be the ninth, but not enough to usurp uh, Lopez or Griffin Jacks in saves. Down to the last two of the pitchers, not on the opening day roster uh, in the rotation. Um, I have Simeon Woods Richardson making the most starts. That's just a matter of polish, just a matter of um, proximity to the big leagues with staying power I see out of him as opposed to Louis Varland or um, you know anybody else kind of in that mix. That's a me thing. That's still three three stars on the spice scale just because – Anything can happen. And then finally, uh, it's a five on the spice scale. Probably should be a 10. It's also a prediction number 10. It's that Emilio Pagan lasts the whole season on the roster. If if you're still here with me after that, I look forward to talking to you again tomorrow. Uh, follow us at Locked On Twins, at Locked On M-I-N for Locked On Minnesota. Uh, I'm at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E. Subscribe, like. Give us that five-star rating. Whatever you can do to help us on that side, we're more than happy to uh, take on from you. Thank you so much. Without this show, uh, without the fans, there is no show. And uh, so, so, again, thank you so much. Uh, subscribe, like, give us that five-star rating. Thank you. Thank you for checking out Locked On Twins, part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network, your team every day. And we'll see you tomorrow.